Well, as we dive into our scripture passage this morning, it's going to seem like we have gone back in time. We find ourselves back with Jesus and his disciples. The cross is still yet to come, but is very near. And there has been no resurrection yet. It too is just days away. We're going to relive a conversation that Jesus has had with his disciples found in the book of John. And looking at this conversation from our perspective on the other side of the resurrection is important. And there is something for us to learn as we make our way toward Pentecost. This conversation is pivotal in the lives of the disciples, one that they would have remembered often, and it is pivotal in our lives as well. Before we get to our story, it's important to understand where the writer of this book is coming from. John, who is the writer of our book, wants to make it clear to all of the hearers and readers who Jesus is, the Son of God. From the very beginning of the book, when John declares, before time itself was measured, the voice was speaking, the voice was and is God, this word remained ever present with his creator. The voice took on flesh and became human and chose to live alongside us. We have seen him enveloped in undeniable splendor, the one true son of the Father. From beginning to end, to the end of the book when he writes, but all of these things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. From beginning to end, John stays true to his purpose, declaring Jesus truly is who he claimed to be. And that brings us to this interaction that Jesus has with his disciples. We'll be looking at John chapter 14, beginning in verse 1. In John 14, we find Jesus with his disciples. They are still in the upper room. Their feet have just been washed by their teacher. He just, once again, explained that he had come to die. Judas has just left to put this plan into motion. Peter was just told that he will deny Jesus. And then Jesus turns and looks at his brothers and says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. He has just told them he is going to die. He broke the bread. He shared the cup with them. And then he looks at them and says, don't worry. Trust me. He goes on in verse 2. In my father's house are many rooms. If not, I would have told you. I am going away to prepare a place for you. And if I go away and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself so that where I am, you may be also. You know the way to where I am going. He talks to them about his father's house and tells them he will take them there one day. 
But then come the questions. First, from Thomas. He asks, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus replies, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will also know my Father. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Jesus is expressing to his disciples yet again that he is God's son, that he is the way to the Father. But then Philip speaks up in verse 8 and says, Jesus, just show us the Father and that will be enough for us. I have read this passage over and over again. And every time I get to this part of the story, I can just see Jesus's face. Perhaps his face becomes saddened and tears begin welling in his eyes. And yet in his eyes, you can still see this deep, deep love he has for these dear brothers when he says to them, have I really been among you all this time and you still do not know me? The one who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Can you just see Jesus in this moment? Can you hear the sadness in his voice? Here are these disciples, these men that have spent the last three years with Jesus. They have seen the miracles. They have heard the teachings. They had just heard this voice from heaven in chapter 12. Jesus had told them and had shown them, shouldn't they know who Jesus is by now? The Messiah has been right in front of their face this whole time, and yet they didn't really see him. And I think it's easy for us to question the commitment and the belief of Thomas and Philip here, or say things like, how could they have missed it? Yet let us not be too quick to judge. We are more like them than we might want to think. We know the stories. We've heard the messages. But do we truly see Jesus? Look at Thomas. He's never seen heaven. He doesn't know what it looks like or how to get there. Isn't he asking Jesus a reasonable question? For Thomas, an unknown destination can't be known. If he's never been there, how can he know the way? But Jesus answers him, I am the way. He isn't going to just show them the way. He is the way. What he is saying to them is, you must know me. Jesus wasn't only talking to his disciples about an actual place. He was talking to them about 
a relationship. Truly knowing the Father in a deep, intimate way. The way, the truth, and the life. Apart from him, there is darkness and death. Jesus is saying the way to the Father is right here before you. Trust me. Believe in me. But are we that different from Thomas? Do we really trust Jesus? Do we trust in him that we have the way, the truth, and the life right before us? Do we see him as the only way, the only truth, the only source of life? I think if we look at our lives sometimes, the answer sadly would be no. Do we like to go in a new direction if we don't know the way? What if God calls us to do something and we don't know how it's all going to work out yet? Do we like to go that way? We organize our lives in the way we should go. We have a plan. We have a way we want our lives to work out. We also spend a lot of time looking for truth. But do we spend as much time going to the source of truth in his scriptures. We also put a lot of time and work into building the best life that we can for us, for our children. We spend our money on things that will make our lives happy and fulfilled, but are they really? How much time do we spend with the source of life? Staying connected to Jesus, living our lives as reflections of him in the world, as sacrificial, loving, serving witnesses of who Christ is. In him is where we truly find life. Do we really see Jesus? Let's take a look at Philip. Again, he asks something of Jesus that seems very reasonable. He wants to see God. He says, just show us God, and then we will believe and we can fully trust you. Philip wanted a face-to-face moment with God. He wanted a physical tangible, see-with-my-eyes experience. Yet what he failed to realize was that he had had three years of that moment. Jesus, God incarnate, the God come to earth, the perfect, definitive reflection of God had been right in front of him the whole time. You see, this isn't the first time that Jesus told his disciples that if you see him, you see the Father. So this wasn't news to Philip, yet he still had a hard time believing. In essence, Philip is asking for some sense of comfort. 
the comfort of seeing with his own eyes. Are we that different from Philip? I would say not. How many times have we said, I just want to see God. I just want to hear him with my own ears. Then I will know he is real. If Jesus would just show me the way, do we really see Jesus? If we learn anything from looking at the life of Christ, it is that Jesus is not the Messiah that people expected. He is not necessarily the God that they wanted. But as Pastor Jeff reminded us a couple of weeks ago, Jesus does not come as the Jesus we want. He comes as the Jesus we need. And I think sometimes we are so busy looking for the Jesus that we want. The Jesus that will come and fix things the way that we want them fixed. Or do things the way we want. Or come down and fix the world the way we want. And yet Jesus is standing right before us saying, I am here and I am doing something. It just might look different than you were expecting. Is it possible that we are so focused on other things that we are missing Jesus? Let that question sit with you for a minute. Is it possible that God is doing something in the world right now, but we are missing it because we are so focused on ourselves or what we think doing something is supposed to look like? Is it possible that God is doing something in the life of your family right now using this stay-at-home time to do something new right now, yet we are so focused on what we're missing out on that we're really missing Jesus. So then how do we truly see Jesus? Well, there is a difference between looking and seeing. According to Webster's Dictionary, to look means to direct your eyes in a particular direction. While in order to see, you must notice and become aware of someone or something. Becoming aware is the key. It is this awakening of the senses. We need an awakening of the senses of our eyes and our hearts. Grace says, when deeply seeing, 
deeply. The object of our contemplation enters our heart and our mind directly. What would it look like to deeply see Jesus? Well, it starts with what we believe. Do we really believe that Jesus is who he says he is? Do we really believe that Jesus will do what he says he will do? Well, no matter your answer, the steps are the same. To truly see Jesus, we need to stop looking for answers and start seeing and seeking him. Spend time in his word. Spend time in prayer as you sit down to read or kneel in prayer. Maybe you don't even know where to begin. Well, the perfect place to start is to simply say, Jesus, help me to see you. Simple. And I promise you something. He will answer that prayer. He says so in his word. Just take a look at Jeremiah 29, 12 through 14. If you seek him, you will find him. We also need to stop looking at our circumstances and start seeing the opportunities. There are opportunities all around us for us to reflect the likeness of Christ in this world. Remember, we are the witnesses to the world of who Jesus is. We are the way that the world sees Jesus. There are so many opportunities right before us. Are we seeing the opportunities or are we missing them? We need to stop looking at our brokenness and the things that aren't going the way that we want and start seeing the new thing that God is doing. God is at work right now. Right now. He is working in your life. He is working in this world but too often we're so caught up in what we're missing out on or what we have that we can't see the new thing that God is creating. What is the new thing that God is doing in your life? What is the new thing that God wants to breathe life into in your family? What new thing is God birthing in the church? What new thing is God doing right now at Community Chapel? Be looking and seeing the new thing that God is 
and wants to do. We need to stop looking for comfort and start seeing the peace that comes from deep relationship with Jesus. Jesus says in this passage, do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe in me. In the Passion Translation of verse 1 of chapter 14, it reads this way. Do not worry or surrender to your fear. You have believed in God. Now trust and believe in me also. It is in relationship with Christ, truly trusting and believing in him, that we will no longer pursue comfort, but discover this peace that cannot be taken away from us. The peace that God wants to give us is this wholeness and this completeness that is only found in him. We could search the whole world to find the comfort, to fill that space in us. But we only find true wholeness in relationship with Christ. See the new thing God is doing. See the peace that he wants to bring to your life. Start seeking him and be seeing the opportunities. To truly see, we have to believe that Jesus who he, is who he says he is. Remember, this is John's whole point. Jesus is the son of God. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the reflection of God Almighty. To see Jesus is to see the Father. To see Jesus is to see the Father. Yet too often we are still searching for the tangible, the things that we can touch and feel. The world would say only the tangible is real. Well, what is real in this exact moment? Jesus. The Emmanuel, God is with us, Jesus. The way, the truth, and the life, Jesus. The do not worry or give in to your fear, Jesus. The Jesus that is right here, right now, at work, saying, look and see. That is what is real. The beautiful truth in all of this is that Jesus wants to be found by us. He wants to be seen. He is not a God that is hiding from his children. He is waiting right before us with open arms. And he longs to be in relationship with his children. So much so that look what he says in verse 14. Whatever you ask in my name, I will do it so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. 
Think back to Thomas and Philip. At the heart of what they were saying to Jesus was this one question. How can I truly see you? And Jesus says, just ask and you will see. I will do it. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. And the same is true for us. Do you want to see Jesus today? I mean, really see him at work in your life, in the life of your family, in the world? Just ask, Jesus, help me to really see you. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the truth of your word today. Would you help us to move past looking and start seeing you today? Would you help us to see the opportunities that are right before us? Would you help us to truly seek you with our whole hearts? Would you help us to see the peace that you want to bring into our lives? Would you help us to see you today? In Jesus' name, amen. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace, his wholeness, his completeness, this deep contentment and calm. May he bring you his salvation. And may he open your eyes to truly see. God bless you.